when we think about a potential future scenario that makes us uncomfortable, our mind wants to confront that thought. It wants us to meet the thought on the thoughts terms and to accept the future scenario as true, even if it has no basis in fact, so that we can come up with a solution just in case that future scenario actually happens. And when we confront thoughts like this, the ones that don't suit us, what we end up doing is breathing life into them and giving them power over us. So instead of confronting a thought and meeting it on its terms, in this episode, we'll talk about a better way to address these types of thoughts, a way that helps us loosen the grip that a challenging thought has over us. Here we go. Hey, welcome to the Workday Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Amoroso. Every workday, we encounter dozens of situations that we have to navigate in order to have a successful and productive workday. And the way you choose to think through those situations helps shape not only the kind of day you have, but the trajectory of your career. This podcast is all about helping you to navigate those situations, show up at your best, and be happier at work. There are lots of ways to process challenging thoughts, but one I want to share with you today involves divesting a thought of its power. And what I mean by that is, how can we take the wind out of the sails of a thought that's not suiting us? How can we deflate it? How can we loosen the grip that this negative or challenging thought has on us? And in order to explain the idea of divesting a thought of its power, I think it makes sense to actually talk first about the counterpart to that concept, which is infusing a thought with power. So the idea of infusing a thought with power is a concept that we're pretty familiar with, and we're all probably familiar with ways that we've heard or learned about that help us make certain types of thoughts more powerful. So things like repetition, for example. So if I repeat a thought over and over again, the repetition of that thought helps me to form new neural pathways that can reroute and change the way I think about a particular situation. So for example, if I want to make more money, every time I have a thought around lack or feeling like I'm not living the kind of lifestyle I want to live, I replace those thoughts with a, a phrase or a mantra or something that repeated over time helps me to infuse a new idea with a certain amount of power. So repetition is one way to infuse an idea with power. Another practice that helps us infuse thoughts with power would be something like envisioning or manifesting, which is essentially the idea of dreaming about or focusing on a future version of events that we want to come to pass. And with manifesting, the belief is that if you consistently envision something you want to experience, you can call things into your life that will bring it to you. And those are just two ways, but I wanted to start with infusing power because what I want to talk about today are ways to do the opposite, which is to suck power out of an idea. We know how to build up an idea, but how do we suck the life out of a thought or process a thought that we don't want to keep experiencing and not only process it, but process it in a healthy way that doesn't involve burying or putting it in a box and leaving it unaddressed. So to start with, I think it's helpful to point out that when we have thoughts about the future that are uncomfortable, one thing we feel the urge to do is to confront the thought or figure out a way to deal with it by thinking through it, right? So in other words, when a thought occurs to us that we don't like or that's uncomfortable, our mind immediately jumps to trying to think our way to the other side of it. Our mind wants to use our intellect 
to solve the problem. It wants us to use reason and logic to think through the situation so that we can arrive on the other end with a solution. So here's a couple of scenarios that might resonate with you where you might do this. So how often are you thinking something like, what am I going to do if X happens in the future? Or what if X person is thinking this about me? Or what if X thing goes wrong? And in each of these situations, when we have a thought like this, our natural response is to do what I would call confront the thought. And what I mean is we almost always automatically accept the thought that we're having as true so that we can come up with a response just in case that thing actually happens, right? So in other words, in order to cover our basis, just in case this particular event actually does happen at some point in the future, we let our mind accept this thing as true so that we can think of a response that will protect us, even if we don't have a credible reason to think that it will happen. So our mind will accept as true that something in the future might happen, someone might be thinking something negative about us, or something might go wrong, just so we can think of a solution that will make us feel better about it. Let me give you a more concrete example. I've run my own business for years now, and the thought that always hangs around in the back of my mind is what if this business fails? Now, I've been running it for years now and I have all sorts of indicators in my day-to-day in terms of the growth of the business that we're experiencing and the feedback that we're getting from people and a whole bunch of other indicators of success. But despite all of those things, I'll have this thought enter my mind every now and then that's like, what's happened to this point was a farce and this business is probably going to fail. And the reason that our mind wants to take us to this place of failure or thinking about failure or considering it is because it wants us to process a bunch of future scenarios that will keep us on our toes, right? So your mind's job for hundreds of thousands of years has been to keep you thinking about things in the future that might be dangerous around you so that you'll always be prepared to survive, right? It's a prehistoric wiring inside of you that helps your ancestors survive. And here's the really, really sneaky part about this. Because your mind wants to keep you safe, as soon as you think about a rational response to a future thought or a future scenario, your mind will ever so slightly change the hypothetical in a way that will cause you to have to come up with a new solution to the new changed version of events that your mind is presenting you with, right? So it'll change the, the story on you so many times and keep giving you so many hypothetical scenarios that it becomes almost impossible to ever think your way to the other side of that situation. And if you think about it, it's actually a lot like playing ping pong with your mind. Your mind sends over a thought that makes you feel uncomfortable and you volley back a solution. Then your mind sends back a slightly different concern, and that causes you to have to think about how you'd respond to that situation, that hypothetical situation, and then you volley back a solution and so on. And what happens is we get caught up in these thought loops where our mind is trying to solve for and think through all of these hypothetical scenarios, and it's a really destructive cycle. So in my example, when I have a thought like this is going to fail, I think, well, 
you know, I've been doing this for a few years now and I've overcome a lot. So I'm pretty confident that I'll be able to handle whatever comes up next, right? I, I feel prepared. And so I volley my response back over. And then my mind will volley back another thought like, well, but what if whatever happens next is something that you've never had to deal with before, right? What if it's just something that you, you couldn't have prepared for? You know, what if people stop believing in you? What if you make a wrong decision, right? How will you recover from that? And so then my mind forces me to try to think of a solution to those questions and it volleys it back into my court. And so you can see how we end up in a spiral like this so easily where even if we have a thought that has no basis in, in fact or that is unlikely to happen, our mind will accept that thought as true and we'll keep trying to answer these hypothetical questions and we do that just so that we can try to resolve them. And I would just call that whole process trying to confront a thought, right? What we're doing is we're meeting the thought on the thoughts terms. We're sort of standing up to it and acknowledging it and looking it in the eye. But when you attempt to confront a thought like that and try to come up with a rational response to this hypothetical question that your mind has created about the future, one of the byproducts of confronting a thought is that you infuse it with power, right? When you accept a thought as true and you meet it on the thought's terms, even for the purposes of coming up with a solution, you end up breathing life into that thought. Even if it had no basis in fact or is unlikely to, to happen, you legitimize it and you reinforce it by trying to solve it and by wanting to volley back a response. And if you keep deciding to confront the thought on the thought's terms, you end up living inside of the thought all day and you continue to keep investing in the hypothetical story around the thought, right? You keep feeding it and legitimizing it and when you do that, it keeps growing. And pretty soon, because you've had this ping pong back and forth for so long, you start to shift from engaging in this hypothetical to try to make yourself feel better to full out internalizing this thing as something that actually is real. So you go from answering a hypothetical to believing that this thing will actually come true because you've engaged over and over so many times in this thought cycle, in the volleying back and forth. And that's when we find ourselves in this endless spiral that is really hard for us to break out of. So how do we break this cycle of confronting thoughts in this way? And instead of building them up, how do we divest them of their power? I want to offer you a two-part process for starting to make this shift. And part one is acknowledgement and part two is letting go. Part one is acknowledgement of a thought that has power over you. And we start with acknowledgement because we have to identify a thought for what it is. Right? We have to acknowledge and give a name to the very specific thing that currently has a hold over us. If we don't call that thought out by name, it will lurk under the surface and stay in the background and keep doing damage to us. And we won't be able to, to seek it out and really identify it. The more specific we get, the harder it is for us to hide from the thought and what it's doing to us. So in my example, if I'm trying to break the cycle of this thought, 
that I keep having about the future of my business. I need to acknowledge the thought for what it is. I need to get very specific in saying the thought I keep having is that my business is going to fail. And I have to acknowledge that there's a part of me that thinks, regardless of how much success we've been having, that there's a potential that the business could fail. Despite all the data points to the contrary, and despite everything I've learned, in order to divest this thought of its power, I have to first acknowledge that that's just the thought that I'm having. Now, it's not a reality. It's not something that I have to believe, but it is just a thought and I have to acknowledge it. So part one is to give the thought a name and acknowledge it. Part two is letting the thought go. So once you've acknowledged the existence of this thought, we have to practice letting it go. And there's incredible power behind the idea of letting a thought go because if you do it consistently, over time, it allows you to see that you don't need that thought in order to stay safe. When you let go, you realize that you don't need to have this ping pong response back and forth with your mind every time it comes up with a new hypothetical in order for you to stay safe, right? You don't have to solve for every single variation your mind comes up with in order to be prepared for whatever might come in the future. So what you do by letting go is you essentially untether yourself from the hold that a future thought has on you and your desire to engage in that ping pong. Now, I want to make sure that we understand the difference between dismissing or pushing away a thought and the idea of letting it go. We're not trying to dismiss a thought because that would leave it unaddressed, right? What we're trying to do by letting a thought go is to actively release it which is a little bit different. And it goes hand in hand with acknowledgement because it allows you to detach yourself from your clinging to the desire to have the ping pong battle and answer every hypothetical. So letting go means not judging it or trying to solve for it, but just instead, you know, just letting it drift away. And I kind of have a visual in my mind every time I let go of a thought where I'm actually kind of cutting this cord that, keeps that thought tied to my mind, right? It's just a visual that I have that's helped me to be a little intentional about what it means to let go. But the point is, if you can consistently acknowledge a thought for what it is and then let it go, you begin to slowly divest that thought of its power. And over time, you realize that you can exist without that thought. You are safe without that thought. And you don't have to solve or confront that thought in order to stay safe. So in my example, if I continually let go of my mind's desire to engage in trying to solve every question that my mind poses, right, which will put me into this never-ending thought loop if I try to engage with it, then I realize that no matter what happens in the future, I will be okay. I'll be able to solve problems that come up, I'm resourceful, I have people and resources that I can access, and I don't need to solve every hypothetical in order for things to work out. And the really powerful part is once you do this with one or two or three thoughts, you start to build a brand new data set that your mind can look to for more proof and evidence that this process works. So in other words, if I keep acknowledging and letting go of a thought that I keep having, and I repeat that process over time, I realize that thoughts lose their power and they 
shrink away over time. Now, the last thing I want to mention is how to get started. And I know just as well as anyone who's listening that divesting a thought of its power is a hard thing to start and a really hard thing to practice. It's a hard thing to break out of. But here's what I found is the most important starting point. And it's the belief that this repetition will eventually lead to stripping a thought of its power, right? You have to give yourself a chance to see that over time, if you, number one, acknowledge a thought for what it is and just call it out. And then two, practice actively letting it go. Over time, the thought will lose its power over you. And believing in something like this is hard because you're fighting your instinct to just keep engaging in that ping pong battle, which for many of us, we've done our entire lives. And it's so easy to get drawn into that back and forth. But you have to maintain that belief so that every time your mind tries to do this to you, you commit to working your process, which is acknowledgement followed by letting go repeated over and over again. Go have a great work day. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Workday Mindset Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I'd appreciate it if you could head over to whatever service you're using to tune in and give us a five-star review. The Workday Mindset Podcast is a collaboration with Populous Radio. Check out their other shows at populousradio.com. Thanks for tuning in and go get them.